Hi, friend. It is me, and I'm so happy to have you here. Before we get to today's actual episode, which I have to say is one of my favorites because we dive into some really personal things that absolutely impacted and shifted my life, um, I do want to remind you that some of these episodes, today is one of them, were pre-recorded months before my podcast launched. And while the content and what we talk about is always, it's timeless, it's always going to be something that impacts my life and hopefully many of yours. Um, some of the details might not make sense time-wise to those of you who know me <laughs> and are listening. Um, it's a really great episode though. We're talking about who I'm dating and the most important relationship I've ever been in in my life. <sighs> All right, let's do this. Let's have some fun. Here's what's cool about um, today's episode. Yeah. This is an episode you and I have already recorded. <laughs> We've already recorded this episode. And the day we recorded the episode, um, everything had gone wrong. Everything. Like literally, even from the moment that we started it, we had recorded a couple episodes earlier that day. Everything was great. It was smooth sailing. It flowed. It was amazing. And then we started recording this episode, which we'll talk about. Inside out, upside yep. down. Like cards weren't working. Batteries weren't charged. Like the cameras were shutting off. The sound thing. I mean, we couldn't get the right the sound thing to work in the middle. Yeah, it, it was just. I mean, there was a point where we were like, okay, maybe we just make this an audio because we had spent an hour, over an hour, I think, talking on this subject, and this was a week and a half ago, and. Is that nuts? I know. And sometimes, like for me, when something's not, I am such a grit and bear it, get it done. Like if there's a, where there's a will, there's a way. And I was, I just kept pushing everything. I'm like, no, we're going to do it. We're going to do this. We're going to, okay, let's find a solution. Let's find a solution. And there was a moment where you had said, okay, let's finish it. But I think this might be the universe, God's way of saying it's not meant to happen. And we noticed something was that it sucked compared to our other episodes. And it's because there was too much of our minds involved in it. Yeah. And the other episodes, we just wholehearted it. Yeah. So we just scrap it. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. And, and I'm actually really glad. I'm going to scoot back. Let's oh, make yeah, sure we're recording. That was, that was part. Yeah. It was. Oh, <laughs> this is much better. Here we go. I... I'm actually glad in hindsight because um, what this episode is about, how about we get there, is who I'm in a relationship with. So we're actually talking about something that has been um, on the minds of many inquirers on my social media account um, and probably a few other places, but um, it, it, it's a question that I get asked a lot and I am in a relationship um, and people want to know. And so we, we had this whole conversation a week and a half ago about this topic, yeah. about this person yeah. I'm in a relationship with. And there were actually moments where you and I both after, you know, in the week after we're like, you know what? Yeah. I overshared. I think I overshared about my relationship or about this person. You felt like maybe you had overshared some stuff and we're like, man, it just wasn't meant to be. And I sit here tonight. It's, and I look at the 10 or 11 days, however many days it's been since you were here. Yeah. That went by like that. And 
I'm so glad that we did not record. It didn't work then. I'm glad that the episode did not work, that the camera stopped. We didn't know um, that the audio had too much buzzing to even fix. Um, I didn't even listen to it, to be honest. The editor just said it wouldn't work. Um, because I feel like I, today, um, and am, am in a much different place, a place where I've, since you left and came come back, I have gone through massive amounts of grieving that I needed to go through. Um, I've gone through massive amounts of pain and healing and joy and experience, you know? Um, and so I'm glad we're recording today. You feel so much more grounded. <laughs> well, it might have been the... <laughs> hold on. Are we centered? I feel like I, I, gotta, I gotta get close to you. I feel like it might be the um, erotic dancing we did right before this whole place. You heard that right. Kira... <laughs> Kira called me and she's like, hey, listen. We so... We were going to go to Optimize, the, the cold plunge place, yeah. right? And it's more than cold plunge. I feel like we could do an entire episode on. It's an experience. It's an experience where my soul finds its body, its home in my body. And I, I feel like a channel opens up and I connect with God. And it might sound really crazy, but I cannot go there and not have tears and emotion, whether I'm with somebody or I'm on my own. So we were going to go do that. We're like, hey, let's do optimize before let's like get in the zone. Because last time we were up in our head, we were doing business calls right before and we knew that that didn't work. <laughs> um, and so we were going to go there and then she called. She's like, hey, so I know you always say that I am like the one who introduces you to new things all the time. So I'm going to introduce you to something new. Do you want to go? And I'm like, what am I saying yes to? And she's like, just trust me. And so she's like, it's just an experience. And, <laughs> and then she said, it's magical. And then I get a text. It was It was like tickets or something yeah, like you I signed up. Yeah. And it's like, well, uh, so-and-so's erotic dancing class. And I'm like, what? <laughs> What's funny is I didn't even read it. I had sent it to Alexa to add to the calendar because that's our process. And she's like, so you have, she actually called and said, so you have optimized in the calendar at six, but then I got tickets for an erotic dancing class. I'm like, yeah, put it in the calendar. That's what I'm doing. That's on the list. And how was it? It, it was amazing. So it wasn't really what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be like striptease. <laughs> and it, the thing is, it wasn't, it's not like that. It was a, it was more of a connection with your feminine energy. Yeah. And I had actually, you, you really, when you hear erotic dancing, <laughs> you think it's going to be no clothes. I mean, I knew I was going to wear clothes. I was putting my foot down there, but but um, it, it what the name of it is, I think it was sensual movement. And it, it from what Casey explained is you're tapping into your feminine energy to open up creativity. You might want to explain it a little bit better. Yeah. So Casey Baker is my Tantra coach. And that's like something I don't talk about. Like it's not, this is not I don't even know what Tantra I like, is. I, like I feel this is part of my life. Okay. So okay. Here we are. Talking about her, unveiling her that I I have found that wait what is tantra? tantra is 
you know, people think it's like, oh, all this wild mm. sex movements. And I don't know, maybe it is. But the way that Casey Bakery uses Tantra is with feminine Qigong, which allows you to take the feminine energy. She was saying healing, like your organs. Energy to heal your body. Wow. And, and it has been in all of the trauma work I have done. Yeah. This has been the most healing work I've done. Really? And so I, I mean, I sing praises of Casey Baker all day long and you got to feel her magic tonight. She holds a space for such safety for you to be all of you. Yeah. And that's really what I feel like the sensual movement was, was like it in a world where we're like told to like be small and don't be sexy and only be beautiful and be good. And and all these things that we're fed. Yeah. Like that's actually a part of being a woman is being sexy. You're right. Like I know for me, there are so, and I, and I've been with men who, um, sometimes don't like, I, 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 uh, I, I mean, I don't know that we want to go into all of this right now. <laughs> well, yeah, this is, but, but I will say it, especially growing up in certain culture, yeah. right? Covering ourselves and making sure we don't seduce a man is a thing that we are told not to do. Or if we, if a man is attracted, it is easy for us to blame ourselves for their choices right um and and so that it, there is a part of me that's always kind of suppressed it and i've been told i i mentioned this to you um a few years back i am i do have a lot of masculine energy right because i am a strong woman i provide for my family i've always worked always i've never not worked i and I have a lot of my dad's way of disciplining children, all of the things that go along with I am, I have some alpha in yeah. me, right? Yeah. Um, and so I understand that part of my journey is to embrace the feminine, right? Because it's there. We all have feminine. We all have masculine. And I think at different parts of our lives, um, different amounts of each manifest yeah. due to survival like what like you know when when you have to like when you're at home and you're married and your husband is helping provide or providing there's no right or wrong i believe a woman can sink into and embrace her feminine that nurturing loving softer resting side of her more and there's such a need and a place for that right children need that are as a woman my soul needs that, but I don't think we always have the opportunity to sink into that and just that, right? Safety. Yeah, it's the safety. So yeah. Can I feel safe here? Yeah. And if I feel safe, then I can go soft. Yes. And and you know what's really beautiful is as we're talking about this, when we moved to where we wanted to go with this conversation, yeah. which was that you are in a relationship with someone. That's where we were. And and that this relationship is you marrying the masculine and the feminine. Yeah. It actually is. And you know, I think um when I even when I think about relationships cuz okay, let's get to it. Before we get into this cuz I I want to share probably who I am in a relationship with. <laughs> okay. Okay. So for me, what I appreciate, because I am someone, my, my therapist once told me, 
You are a love drama junkie. So and I'm like, but Laurel, no, like really. But here, what what happens with me? I do tend to find myself in relationships more often than I feel is healthy for me. And I do not seek out relationships t- typically. It's that's that's truth. I don't. I I feel like part of what how my programming is, and I've said this to you. Beware if there's any man listening that is considering being a potential suitor. I have to be very careful who I allow in my orbit. And I've said this to you because I I don't know if this is a trauma response. I don't know if it's I I, I think all it it's it's not a bad thing. It's something I'm realizing over time. I simply need to be aware of. And now that I'm aware of this, I actually can make choices to not have this superpower destroy me. And this superpower is that I can fall in love with anybody. All right. So if you want to know the key to my heart, just get in my orbit. Just show up. But, but <laughs> just show up. Let me tell you, you are enough because this is what happens. <laughs> show me all of your shit. Let me tell you how you are still lovable even with it. Uh, and, and my knuckles are like white. I'm like yeah. ripping this. But, but it is, it's real. I, my superpower is that I see love in everyone. And there are no exceptions to that rule. And so you put someone in my path or my orbit that <sighs> is broken because we're all broken. We all have broken parts of us, right? Or we are all whole and we have parts of us that we're continually working on and they open up and they're vulnerable. And that is like, oh, and then, you know, someone might put that person down or, and then I'm like, no, 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 no. Let me show you. Right. So then I go, yes, yes. And so what I'm learning over my years of fixing is that just because I love somebody, And thanks to the book too, just because I have chemistry with somebody or I'm attracted to somebody and attraction is created by way of emotional connection for me. So I could not be physically attracted to somebody and then I have an emotional connection and I start to see all the parts of them and then they become so handsome or so beautiful, right? Yes, 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 yes. But just because we have that does not mean... That person is a fit for me to be in a romantic relationship with. The book, um, it's Becoming the One. Let me show you the book. This book is Becoming Our Bible. This book, Becoming the One by Shalena Ayana. <laughs> wow. I hope I, I hope I did that. <laughs> I have no idea. And it could be Sheliana. Ayana. I am. I apologize <laughs> if I said that wrong, but I feel like I got it really so close. But in this book, what she talks about is she says, um, "You." She talks about the importance of qualifying yeah. your partners, yeah. right? Yeah. 
qualifying. And I believe that the qualifying your partner, not only not qualification, not only goes for your partner, but it goes for you too. What are the qualifying markers that you want to find in somebody else? Like, what are the things that you want? Okay. Before you look for that in somebody else, are you matching your qualification yourself? Because if you're not, you're not ready for that match for that partner, right? But the whole idea of qualifying somebody. So just because I, I'm in love, because I, Kira, I'm in love with a lot of people. <laughs> it's real and not like, Hey, I'm going to go marry everybody. But I think because of my upbringing and maybe the way that I was searching for love that I couldn't find that was there. I just couldn't find it. Um, I've had quite the string of relationships thinking that anytime I felt something that must be it. And I'm, I don't regret any of them. I'm, I've learned. Your ability to love anybody and everybody is also your, it's your superpower of why you're such a great coach. Oh, because thank you can you. see all the good in people. And that's why thank you. this makes you a stellar coach. And then it just kind of like, you know, it's like, <laughs> stop thinking you have to marry everybody. <laughs> you help. <laughs> Heidi. <laughs> I mean, that's all that it is. Right, Kira? <laughs> we just can't put some guardrails. But I am so happy. <laughs> Hold on. I feel like I have to. Guys, I don't feel like I have to marry everybody I coach. Okay? <laughs> it's, I've only been married twice. Well, we're making jokes many. about myself really right now. Dave and I were like married. And, and that is real. I And honest to goodness... I, <clears throat> I was one, one of it, one ask away. And I don't know about that, but like, it, yeah. I think you would have kept him in my life for a while. And, and if, he's been here <clears throat> all night. I yeah. I need to say that. It is true. Um, what we were saying, I've totally forgot what we were saying. Okay. The, the tone has shifted yeah. in part because I do feel like over the last week and a half, yeah. especially leading into today. There's been a lot so of, much has happened. A lot of tears this last week. In the most beautiful way though, and a lot of it is because of this new relationship. Yeah. You know, and it's actually put me in a position where I'm thinking about and using him as a measuring stick. Mm. Right. And and what happens with death, um, truth be told, is over time you do begin to forget the bad, yeah. right? <clears throat> and that happened right after too. You forget you would have a day where a day where all you could think about was good, and then the days after the next day, all you could think about was what wasn't good and why it didn't work, right? Yeah. And now, what's happened over time is I believe I've been able to forgive yeah. what hurt me because yeah. I do forgive very quickly, and every relationship has hurt. Yeah. There's a reason why Dave and I didn't work out. We were not together. Um, but I have forgiven and almost made peace with it in a way where I can see now why he did what he did, right? Or um, I have a heart for his suffering that I think we all are aware that was going on, you know, and it stemmed from a place of pain and hurt inside of him. And <clears throat> I now am so present to especially after interacting with more and more people and seeing more and more relationships i'm so present to the love that he gave me 
that I remember everybody saying, oh my gosh, this is not normal. Like, just so you know, he's loving you in a way that I wish. And, and I actually see it. And I'm like, man, he loved me more than he loved himself. He loved me more than at the beginning, more than I love myself. Right. And, um, I think that's kind of what brought me to this relationship that I'm in. Yeah. So Heidi. Yeah. Who are you in a relationship? (laughs) So I'm in a relationship with myself. I mean, let's make sure we're recording. Yep, we are. We're still good. 24 minutes in and I am in a relationship with myself. Um, It's funny because I've heard for so many years, you just need to be by yourself. You just need to be alone. You need to do. And that never really resonated with me. Um, But this idea of dating myself and being intentionally dating myself and being in a relationship with myself what it does for me is it it it's it's not that like being alone it's like oh there are no options right so i'm alone that's what that says to my mind like i'm not enough i'm but when i say i'm dating myself i'm committed to myself i'm in a relationship with myself Number one, what comes with me are my kids, right? So I'm also in a relationship with my kids. I'm putting myself first. I'm putting God first. Then I'm putting myself next and my kids right there with me, right? What that says to me in my mind is I am worthy of the highest quality relationship. There are other options out there and I'm choosing right now it's not the best time for that. So I am not alone. I am not lonely. I'm experiencing solitude, right? I'm, I'm learning peace and fulfillment inside of being with me and being with my kids, right? It's beautiful. Thank you. I love it. And I love the choice factor, mm-hmm. right? Because when, you know, when people are like, you be alone after yeah. a divorce or after a death or right like be alone and it, that totally sucks agency yeah and when you were like no i'm intentionally choosing to date myself yeah it like frees you up it it does um what's interesting is before i declared it even though i wasn't looking for a relationship because i know I mean, Dave and I had broken up in November. We had a hard time staying away from each other. I'm not going to lie, right? We loved each other very much, and we both knew it was not meant to be. Um, but it was it was pretty permanent. I mean, it got more permanent December than more per- permanent January. Yeah. Um, but even though it's funny because when when we Dave and I were parting, I said to him, "I have no interest in being with somebody. I know I need to be by myself." And then he passed and it was even more, it was even harder. Um, But being alone, I still found that I was subconsciously keeping my feelers out for, okay, but is there somebody, right? Is there someone to fill this void? Because as humans, I think we feel a void naturally. And we're, instead of looking to fill the void from within, 
or from ourselves or with God or what's right in front of us with our kids and our family, right? We tend to turn to painkillers and painkillers could be substances. They could be work. For me, it was work big time. Um, sometimes it's just deep connection with other men or or knowing that a man is interested or seeing, kind of just keeping your feelers open. And obviously, I mean, maybe not obviously, but I crave partnership. I really love the idea of a healthy, masculine, feminine, balanced partnership. I do for me and the responsibility that would the, the just the connection and so i was it was in the back of my mind mm -hmm. right like just feel it like uh, you're and to get to the point where it was like okay no heidi i'm going to choose this and i chose to push options away it actually allowed all of the energy that was previously going it was scattered mm -hmm. right it grouped and pulled the energy and allowed it to go into me for my own healing and to my kids because their mom has begun healing in a way that she could not have if she did not pour into herself. Yeah. Right. Oh, this is so beautiful. And that brings me to this challenge that you put out on Instagram. Yeah. The seven dates. And what was it? So, yeah. So on Insta, I did post, um, I was on a date with myself at Optimize and that was my first date. So I've actually only done two dates. I'm due for my third one anytime now because one a week. Yeah. Yeah. Today, today we're, we're 21 days in. 21 days in of what? Well, I also did, I, I decided 90 days. So 90 days, no man, which means I have 69 days left. And I just finished my 90 days. So. You did. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I, I feel like I should clarify though, when I say 90 days, no man, it's not like I'm like, Hey, you know, 21 days ago I was hot and heavy and in 69 days, how <laughs> amazing is that number? It just happens to be the number. Of course, on the day we're doing tantric dancing or whatever yeah. i have 69 days left but it doesn't mean in 69 days it's just a free fall free for all for me in fact what i realized is happening is it, it's i i realize the more days i step into this the further i am into this the more i love being with me and that's what i had mentioned on insta i said how can we expect anyone if we don't love being with ourselves, how can we expect anybody else to love being with us? Like I, the only relationship right now that I'm qualified to be in is a relationship with me. I'm not, I mean, it, I could, you could put the perfect partner for me in front of me right now. And I would surely ruin it because I'm not ready. I have come off of two marriages. My relationship with Dave that ended, you know, pr right before a death, I have four kids. Two of them have been through two divorces. My other two have been through one divorce. All four of them have also experienced the death of a man who was so wonderful to them. And so this is more than just about me doing myself a favor. This is about doing my family a favor as well. But yeah, um, it, the, the, it's really the idea came from the book, yeah. Becoming the One. Um. That essentially, I mean, I think a lot of people probably pick up this book, um, trying to find a partner. In fact, she talks about it in the book, like, hey, how can I be perfect for my partner? And her 
philosophy in this book is it's not even about that. Like if you're doing this, if you're reading this, if you're doing these dates, she suggests seven dates to a healthier you or something like that. I don't remember what it is. Um, but if you're doing it so that you can be better for a partner, you're doing it for the wrong reason. Mm -hmm. You should do this so that you can be better for you because there's literally one person who affects you every single day and it's yourself, right? This is, this is why I think it caught fire because it did. Like everybody started yeah. to like post and, and hashtag this and, and it's because it's so, it's just a different, it's a different twist. Instead of like, all right, go be on your own. Yeah. Alone. It's like, no, go fill yourself. Like, fill Enjoy the experience that you're in. And I love when she said that in the book, whether you're married or single, if, anyone listening or watching, I want you to place yourself wherever you're at, whether you're single or married, you are itching for the opposite. Typically yeah. when you're in a relationship, you're all you're seeing are the red flags or the things that are broken and what life would be like on the other side. When you're single, all you're itching for typically is that partner to fill you. And no matter, I've been on both sides so many times, I'm telling you, it does not change until you change it by realizing that the only fix is within you which is so interesting because that's how we started this episode which the tan the tantric work is mm -hmm. filling your your whole being like it's this whole idea of like what if i was so filled yeah if i was so filled i wouldn't be starving i wouldn't be out here starving i'd be so full i mean that's a whole <laughs> episode because i mean i when when i look at me i'll open up about this and and even opening up about this is like a none of this is a knock to my dad right my dad and my mom my mom is wonderful she and i are super close but my dad did so great with me and the best that he could and also something about the way that my brain was wired and he raised me i could not absorb the love that he gave me at least in the way that he intended it right so, and I think that's, that's what happens with every child. <laughs> we all have childhood trauma stemming from usually a parent figure. Um, and I left home thirsty or hungry and I entered one relationship and maybe had a little bit of something filled, but had, something else was pulled from me. And so then I felt thirsty. And so then the next relationship, it's like you, you'll bounce from relationship to relationship to get that hunger yeah. filled. Um, and it's weird because it does get filled for like a second. And so you're like, oh, oh, I'm not yeah. hungry. I'm not hungry. But it's like, it's the hunger that never gets filled until you fill it yourself. So a friend of mine um, had mentioned it's like a binky, mm -hmm. right? So like we, a baby goes to a bottle yeah. for milk or a nipple form milk, right? Yeah. To get the sustenance that that child needs to live. Mm -hmm. um, a binky is something we'll go to, to try and get the sudden, but there's nothing there. Oh. Right. And so it, it, it tames you for just a minute, but it's that temporary fix that you're, I mean, in order for us to actually get the sustenance that we need, it's of course through God, because I know people are going to mention that, but it is through God in a relationship with, 
ourselves. And then once we're whole, the idea of the book, I'm not here to tell you that I am an expert on this because clearly I'm still working on it. Um, once we're whole, then we'll be in a place to qualify the proper partners. Now, if I'm being honest, I don't know that it will be the right time for me to be in a relationship for a while because I, I am very much looking forward to taking as much of this time with my kids as I can. I mean, I don't have any nanny or house help right now. I um, do not have a man. I, and I will not take on work projects right now that will take that time away from my kids. And I have a really hard time um, figuring out in my head how a relationship could work and not take time away from my kids. And I feel like they've, they've been through a lot. They need me, you know, and I need them. I can feel it. It's just like this healing self yeah. right now. Yeah. Like a healing self. And it's like, you know, when I see an image of self, it like goes in, it fills in all the holes. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. So it's just like right now, all the holes are being filled in and then it's going to create this like new growth. Yes. Yeah, it is. Um, I will sidestep over because one of the interesting things that I don't know that I expected in this, there's been journaling every day. So, and I've never, I've never been a journaler. Um, well, when Dave passed, I started journaling because I would just, there were, I needed somewhere to get some of my feelings and thoughts out. Um, I also, I mean, since then I started seeing my therapist that I've seen for eight years. I see her very regularly now. I also have a life coach. I am very serious about making sure that m m I don't bleed all over my kids. That's really what it is. Um, but yeah, when this 90 day commitment to myself started, like a conscious commitment, right? 90 days of not being alone, but 90 days of choosing me and my kids, me and my family to be in a relationship with, um, and dating myself. I, um, I started journaling day one. So in my phone, if you were to look, it, it says, literally, it says the name of the challenge and then day one, then day two, day three, day four, day five. And what I committed to, because journaling overwhelms me. So if anyone's listening and they're like, oh, Heidi's just a journaler. I have never been a journaler in my life. Like I would try and quit. I committed to just writing a word if that's all that it was or a sentence or just something to remember. Like if something happened at the library, I had a thought. I would write library thought. But what happens is when you go in to just type a sentence, you end up pouring a ton out, right? Then I learned how to take voice notes. So, you know, I'm a voice noter, like I'll voice note 10 minutes to you. Yeah. Um, if I was processing something around the topic or something that I wanted to remember, I would take the voice note and save it in that days. And then I would summarize it. So, I have, I mean, there's so much I've been able to get out and process through this. And it's really opened me up to processing grief in a way that I didn't expect, you know, and I didn't realize I needed because I've been so busy, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's so beautiful. Well, you know, writing is, it's the work I do. Mm -hmm. Like I help people write books. 
And the reason why it's so, I find it to be so sacred is because this is how God has always talked to humans. Ooh. 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 Kira. Wow. The Bible. And I think we overlook it so often, but, and, and I, and I just feel like this is God working through you as you journal, which is why it's so healing because it's literally like you sitting with God. You know, there are times where I read what I wrote and I'm like, Wait, I wrote that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't That's know what really I can. did. <laughs> you just brought that right on through. And sometimes I'll watch video, you know, yeah. or a voice note. And I'm like, wait, I said that? Yeah. And what's interesting is I feel like I needed to hear the voice note the second time I heard it. Yeah. Or the first time like I, when I reheard it. Yes. Yeah. Like it was a note that I was giving to myself that I needed to hear a month later. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't remember knowing this back then, but clearly I needed also, the I reminder. Oh, you know what's <laughs> this is me saying Heidi's gonna write a book. <laughs> I Yeah. Uh, it's so overwhelming. No, it's not. It's gonna come through so easy. And I, and the way that you're journaling right now, yeah. People people need this work. Yeah. They need this work. They need these shares. I mean, that's what this podcast is. It is it's like the shares that go out and change people's lives. Yeah. You you are right. Um, it is interesting because I believe it or not, I have to battle a fixed mindset, right? And like, um, like I'm not may I'm not I I'm not a book writer, right? And and I share this with you. I feel like I should tell you a story right now. Also, am I allowed to swear? Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> so, <laughs> I feel like I should share a story. Yes, I'd love to hear it. Um, so, do, yeah, the fact that, I mean, there might be 10 people listening to this podcast. I don't know. Bullshit. But the fact that I have the platform that I do is a thing. If Heidi at 18, Heidi that you knew at 19, never in one million years... Never would have believed that she would be here, right? And and I actually gave this speech when um, I I had a really a wonderful conference, my show up conference. It was beautiful, and it was something like just the quality of it and the stage and the light, everything. It was amazing. Um, but I was such a fixed mindset person, fixed mindseted person. I believed, you know, we were all raised being told like, oh, you're smart or you're beautiful, right? You, you are a thing. You are a fixed thing. You are smart. You are beautiful. So the second for me, I got a bad grade. I was like, oh, I'm not smart anymore. Okay. So if I'm not smart, what am I? And I, another thing I was told a lot was that I was athletic. Well, I tore my ACL twice. And when I had to get reconstructive surgery in high school. Yeah. Um, I couldn't work out. I couldn't train. And so I was no longer athletic. So if I was not athletic, who was I? What I what, what What's my value? I then developed an eating disorder because my family looked perfect, right? And my undeveloped brain, there wasn't a lot of conversation back then around strong versus skinny, right? It was just skinny was the thing back in the day, all on the covers of the magazines. So that actually is what, started my eating disorder 
because I felt like I needed to be skinny or thin. If I couldn't be athletic, I needed to at least look good. And <clears throat> it actually created the eating disorder had me missing school and not doing well in class. So then I really wasn't smart. And so it, it just created this downward spiral to the point where um, one of my first jobs. So my first job out of high school was at like a call center. Hmm. A it was at bank one call center, yeah. but I did not have, I couldn't tell anyone that it was a call center. I would just say bank one because I was embarrassed about the fact that anyway, long story short, I remember I would look at the tellers and be like, oh my gosh, they've made it. I could never do that. And then I got a job as a hostess at a restaurant. And I remember looking at the waitresses thinking, oh my gosh, they're waitresses. Like I could never do that. I don't even know. Like my brain, Kira, my brain could not conceptualize that I was worthy of anything more than a hostess. And it all it took was one person who believed in me. And her name was Karen Greninger. Is she's still living? Karen Greninger believed in me. Do you know her? <gasps> you you talk about Yes. Karen hired me as a front desk girl at Anchor Mortgage, and she would praise me in a way that I never felt praised before. And she would tell me I was doing a great job. Like, right? Something that I also was searching for in men. And I continued to, but she would tell me I was doing a great job and she'd give me a task and be like, oh my gosh, you did this better than anyone. You're so detail oriented. So she would give me positive reinforcement, which I then would hear that and be like, oh, okay, wait, maybe I can work harder, be more detailed. Do, And I became a um, the lead processor at that branch. Then I started doing my own home loans. And then over time, I became a loan officer that was doing fix and flips. I'd go buy houses at the county steps and I would remodel them. I mean, this is over the course of years, but it created so I, someone, I knew I was unstoppable. Like she lit something on fire that showed me that I was unstoppable, but that, and then it, I, and then I met Chris and then it same that same mentality was, okay, well, I can do this. I can do, and it just, I also had a never say no mentality. So if it was like, okay, I need you to travel when you're nine months pregnant and shoot this show, I'd be like, okay, let's do it. Like I would do anything because I knew I could, right? So yes, all of that to say, I do battle a fixed mindset and I have to catch myself. But the idea of writing a book, it, I immediately go back to 19-year-old Heidi where I'm like, yeah, I'm not made to write a book. Like people like that are made to write a book. And here's what, here's what I got to say to that. Because I've written three books. I had a 2.7 grade point average in high school. Never went to a day of college. Yeah. And I'm here to tell you, the way that I write books is not the way the world does. And yeah. I think I'm your best friend. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because it is. I will help you. Let's make sure I we're recording. I will help you bring this book to the world. This is me doing this. <laughs> because your book came to <sighs> your book came do you know that dave and i did um we did a a, a really cool experience with a, a shaman that came in and we i was right here and he was right here actually and this was in september 2022 it was a woman I was texting tonight that i was telling you about i think i want to do another experience with her she's incredible but um 
I had written out I 2023 because I was, you know, in that place where there was so much pressure and I knew I couldn't handle all of the things I'd done. And it was my kids weren't getting enough of me. I wasn't getting enough of me. Dave was only getting from me what, you know, he could get if he was a part of my work because there was so much happening, I hate to say. Um, and I had actually said, you know, all of these things are going away. The only things that are carrying into 2023 are my app, which is still out, podcast, and a book. <laughs> that was in September. And uh, I just don't feel ready yet. <laughs> I call bullshit again. But here's what I want to say, Heidi, is um, you filling your cup right now. It is. It, yes. Being in the relationship with you. Yeah. With, and, and this is the part you taught me. You've taught me so much. But here's the thing is all this healing is actually going in. It's like giving yeah. you nourishment. Yeah. And once this is full, then it'll be time to let things come out. So it's like right now, it's like, just keep feeding yourself. Like that, yeah. And and I'll be honest, I saw, um, I, I don't believe in, I need to watch how I say this. I don't feel like it's right for me right now to teach. And I've said this on previous podcasts and I'll say it again. I'm not in a place like I, I am highly qualified to teach fitness right now and a handful of other things. And I still do not feel like I'm in a place. And what's interesting is I do know that emotionally, spiritually, uh, mentally, I am so much further along than I've ever been in my life. So there's a part of me that's like, logically, this does not make sense. The only sense I can make from it is I really believe this is what God wants me to do right now. He needs me to stop. And um, I'm cocooning, right? So I'm whatever, caterpillaring, and <laughs> I've created my cocoon, and I am meant to rest and allow these things to come with me and to share. Um, Which sharing mm -hmm. is the deepest form of teaching. Yeah. So like a teacher is like, here are the principles. Awesome. Yeah. I like that. Mm -hmm. Sharing is like, Here's the story. And as humans, we are actually ingrained to learn from stories. Yeah. That's why Christ taught in parables. That's why all the traditional stories yeah. are stories passed down. Yep. So like you in sharing is the deepest yeah. form of true teaching. But you know, one thing that you said that you've taught me, mm -hmm. you've taught me a lot, actually. Actually, you've radically changed my no, life. No, thank you. Hot minute that we've been Same. catching up every, Same. every seven days. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do new job. I'm just kidding. I'm going to do new job. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do new job. It's actually the funnest. <laughs> but what you taught me was to be intentional. Thank be intentional you. Intentional. Because I'm always, you know, well, I have five kids, but on the weeks I don't have five yeah. kids, I actually am always alone. I work a ton and I... There's not a lot of people I actually want to hang out with yeah. so, or I just don't have time to find friends. Yeah. You know? And so I'm always alone. That's not dating. And you taught me that. It's yeah. like, you know, be intentional. So now it's like, okay, if I'm going to go out on a date with myself, yep. there's this energy that shifts. Yep. And I'm loving it. Oh. I'm loving it. So thank you for teaching that to me. You're welcome. Um <laughs> I did, <laughs> but I didn't mean to teach. Um, but, but yeah, I, I actually think too, I'm still in a place where I don't think I was telling you this. I think I was telling another friend this today 
But I said, I still know God's telling me to cool it and and be with my kids and be with me uh, because I am easily overwhelmed still. Right. And, and that's a new thing. That's, that is new since, um, Dave passed. So I think there's a little, I, it's a trauma thing too. And so that easy over what sometimes I'm like, I don't even have that much going on. I do. I still am running four businesses. It's just not 10 anymore, you know? And so I, I, sometimes I have to give myself some grace because there are moments where I'm hard on myself that I'm not doing 10 businesses like I was before. Right. Um, and that's a whole different conversation. But yeah, I, I, I'm super clear that it's not my time yet because of the overwhelm. And, and I'll know when it is. Well, and there's this thing about the nervous system, right? Like when the nervous system gets super shocked, like yeah. that, that's gonna, yeah. that's going to fight and flight you so deeply. And then your nervous system yeah. is running so hot that anything extra just feels like massive overwhelm. I, I, yeah, I, I, I feel like embarrassed to say it, but the reality is I do. And I think part of me when I'm like, man, why do I feel embarrassed to say, I think part of it is because I, I'm like, well, we weren't married, you know, we weren't even technically together. And so who am I to, and, but then what I, it's like, that becomes a, what people think. Right. And so that's the ego. Like why I, I can't admit that this rocked my world. Sorry. You know, I, I, I feel like I can't admit because I don't want people to think that I don't deserve it. But then it's like at the same, it just is what it is. He was my best friend. He was the person who loved me for every single bit of who I was. Um, even if I was not, the relationship was not right for me to accept all of it. And that's something I've been dealing with this past week is at first it starts with regret. Someone had said, you're holding regret right here. And I just started crying. And I had said, I regret not giving Dave the love, the same love that he gave me. And then I started crying and I was like, but I couldn't have. Like that was my internal system saying you need to protect, right? Like this is not a relationship that's right. And so I kind of, and, and it, it couldn't have worked, right? But that the, it's like the death and you forget the bad and you harness and fan, make, you idealize the good. Well, and you know, I know. <sighs> way you loved him was the best thing in the world for him yeah you know that and i know that and he expressed that yeah so whatever is coming through right now is just all chatter and it's just all part of grieving because it's not truth yeah you know <sighs> i don't think we meant to go here <laughs> no we didn't 
<laughs> and this is the beauty of this podcast. Yeah. Wait, and I'm going to listen to this episode and make sure this is what I want to post. Oh, this one's going out. <laughs> I flew to Arizona yeah. for this episode, so damn it, we're posting this. But here's what I want to... I, oh. I really want... I'm looking at your notes. I hate notes, so... I, I don't think I can follow them. Here's what I want to tell you, mm-hmm. Heidi, is that there are so many women right now who married or single are struggling. Yeah. They're hungry. They're seeking. And this conversation, you, me, divorced women, raising lots of kids, figuring this out on our own, like, this conversation is going to heal so many women where it's like, fill your cup. Yeah. That, yeah, I yeah, thank you for bringing us back here. And what, what I will say is part of why I believe there's been grieving. And there also were small hangouts with other people as well, you know, to over the last six months since Dave and I, seven months since Dave and I had been broken up. Um, it has given me so much clarity on what I still need to heal, right? Um, number one, it's also given me clarity on what my standards are. And then it's all, it's given me clarity that I need to be willing to meet my standards first, right? Those are the biggest things. So this is something I know when we initially had podcasted about this, one of the big things that we said at the end, and I'm going to say it again, is I'm not, this is, (sighs) when I have an experience that is life-changing for me, I want everybody to feel the same and while you're hearing tears and i'm telling you that 21 days has been hard i also it's not like i'm having cravings it's just been hard because i've come face to face with a lot of emotions and things that i previously would have numbed in a different way right um it's been the most healing and peaceful and powerful thing ever and kira i think i've mentioned it to you but i i've never felt more clear never felt more clear on what i want to attract in my life who i want to be in my life um and what i need to do to get there right and so i do think this is the thing whether someone's married or single taking care of you being self-full um and dating yourself I think is very important and it's been so cool to hear everybody you know listening or the people who have been posting it's been really cool to see you guys posting your breakthroughs and your dates with each other our dates with yourselves so i highly um encourage you to keep doing it yeah i mean i am yeah what have you done that's okay um what have i done well i did do optimized today Mm -hmm. by myself good when we were supposed to meet up yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um and that was powerful. That but last week after I left your house, mm-hmm. um, I went back to I think I went to Wildflower. Is that what's called? Yeah, Flower Child. Yeah, Flower Child. Close. Yeah. <laughs> and I got myself my the really good muffin mm-hmm. and the lemonade and I just sat by mm-hmm. myself and I just ate it and I was like, This is me taking myself on a date. Yeah. And like treating myself 
that I'm hungry for. Like I, yeah. I'll admit it. I'm so hungry. Like yeah. somebody love me. Take yeah. Care yeah. Me. And it's like, I will do that. Isn't it funny? We know exactly how we want to be treated. We know the words that we want someone to tell us. Yet we are waiting for someone to read our minds and do it or to tell them how to say it. And then it doesn't mean a lot because I told them how to say it. We are the only, yeah, 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 yeah. We're the only ones who know, right? So why can't we? Well, we can. And I think that's what we're learning in this is we can be um, our best partner, right? We have to be that. And then I think naturally God um, will bring the magnet. Yes. Right. So like the law of attraction actually is like a real law and whatever we are, Mm -hmm. the universe has to match it. So if we are, you know, self-loathing or we talk bad to ourselves, the universe has to by law match it, which means it pulls in and attracts exactly what we're doing. So by law, us filling our beings with so much love, the universe has to match it. And holy hell, bring that up. Like bring that to us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And yeah, me, me, me too. (laughs) I feel like we should end on that note. Yeah. And here's the thing. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't, um, if it doesn't end up working, like if, (laughs) oh man, this means we got to end this podcast. Are we still recording? We are. We're only an hour and two in. This feels like five hours. <laughs> Can we, I just want to say this one yeah. because we were talking about this before okay. we started. And I feel like this is a really powerful, maybe, maybe final. Okay. Topic, which is, you knew how you felt with Dave. Yeah. You knew that feeling, that energy. And then other men show up and there's like not the same. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a spin. It's a bit of a mm-hmm. kind of energy. And now that you are all on your own, you can decipher it better. Like when a man comes in after these, yes, you'll be able to check in and be like, how does my body feel here? And if it feels grounded and it's like the thing you're seeking. Yeah. If it feels chaotic. You know, yeah, you're right. That's exactly what it is because now I can see things from a 50,000 foot perspective where I could not previously, right? It's almost as you're saying this, I'm like, man, I feel like I need a a rule where when I do start dating somebody, I'm like, all right, I got to take a week away from you. No contact to actually qualify because what happens is when men, yes. It's the emotion, right? The emotion emotion ruins all of it. Yeah. I actually had watched this really cool sermon a year and a half ago. Dave and I both watched it. Um, it was awesome. They talk about how the proper steps, right? And this is, it was a, a religious sermon. So maybe if you're religious, it, it, but it has nothing to do with religion, okay? But they say the proper steps because of the chemicals of our brain, is first you have to get to know somebody and only after you know that person and you know who they are, then you ask yourself, can I trust this person? Mm. Then you figure out if you can trust. Once you know that you can trust them, then you move to the next step, which is you ask, can I rely on this person? No, trust, rely. And then once you know you can rely on that person and they have all the other parts of the foundation and there's consistency, that's my word. Consistency. <laughs> then you say, am I ready to commit to the person? 
And then once you commit to the person and your commitment can look different, then and only then, and I'm saying this for myself because I have done this in reverse order and it's never been good for me. Then does physical touch come into play because all of the in the feelings, the oxytocin, the dopamine release, right? Of steps. <laughs> yeah, it is. And listen, wherever you're at in your journey is exactly where you're supposed to be because you have to go through the steps to learn. I've had to learn from doing it backwards all quite often, right? Or step, stepping in the middle or jumping to this phase and saying, okay, but because I feel this connection, I'm going to ignore the red flags. I'm going to ignore the fact that it's not consistent love. I'm going to ignore the fact that he's avoiding. I'm going to ignore the fact that like, I caught him in a lie. I'm going to ignore the fact, whatever those red flags are that my therapist is like, red flag, red flag, red flag. And I'm like, but you don't know him, right? It's not even knowing because I didn't know him first. I just felt, and sometimes that chemical release, to be honest, can come from how somebody looks at you, right? It's not just, it's not always sex, but the more you allow the touch to be present, the more you're cultivating, uh, and I, I'm speaking for myself, I have cultivated relationships based on that maybe were centered around touch. And so I was constantly excusing bad behaviors, right? And so this allows me to see all of that so clearly to where I'm like, okay, next time, I I really am going to get in that order. Like I'm going to I'm going to do my best right. to go that order. Yeah, of course. Let me tape it on my fridge. <laughs> yeah. Put yeah. it in your car, on the dashboard, oh, on your mirror. List. It's a little hard when you're a quick start entrepreneur. You I start know. Making. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's just the way it goes. Like you and I are quick start entrepreneurs. Yeah. Damn it, that's how I've done everything. Does it feel good? We're good. We're gonna go. You're in. This is a set go. It's like, oh my gosh. Every damn thing. And it's like, that's a lot of steps, but probably we should tape this everywhere in my house. And then I also, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say it again that, like, however you've been doing it is the way that you're meant to do it right now. And I think that's so important for people to hear. This is not me saying, I, I believe so much in the power and the value that comes with the human experience. Mm -hmm. I have quote unquote messed up or made quote unquote wrong choices so many times that I would never change. And when I say wrong, I want to qualify that with we are society culture. We are the ones who create what is right and what is wrong and what is a mess up, right? To me, I am experiencing, I have experienced, and I can look at anyone. I mean, some of my best friends are going through experiences right now that the world might look at and judge and say they're making bad choices, They're uh, that what they're doing is wrong. And I look at it, and I actually have said to other friends, they're they're going through their human experience, and I think it's beautiful. And I'm going to be here for them when they're in the middle of it when they're on the other side of it, whether they come out happy, whether they come out sad, like I am here because that's what I needed during mine. Right. So don't judge where you are. We won't, we won't talk about where I am. But, I think you're in a beautiful place. But here's, here's the thing that I actually, that came to me. I would love, I would love your opinion on this okay. actually, is that 
possibly I'm walking on a path right now. <laughs> We're not talking about the path, but possibly okay. I'm walking on a path that okay. I can foresee heartache. Like this for sure is going to end up in a train wreck. And my whole body's like, and I'm, I'm supposed to walk this path. And the voice, this thing that keeps coming to me is like, but I've, I've known heartache mm-hmm. and I've lived through heartache. And the, the thought came to me was, why, why run away from anything and everything that could possibly be heartache? Why? You know, like, I don't know. So, yeah, I, I feel like there's, so I think we continue to, I'm not, I'm not a professional. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So here, I actually think we will continue to run toward things that are dangerous for us Mm -hmm. until the parts of us are healed or explored that are meant to be healed or explored. I really do. Like, I think there are so many parts of my journey that the way that my soul is wired, I do not think I could have avoided my pitfalls. I needed to, and if I didn't experience it, then I was going to experience it later, right? That's my soul path until I was not called to it anymore, right? Until I got to a place where my soul is like, I'm good. I'm done. I don't need another man. Mm-hmm. I don't need sex. I don't need, I don't even need to kiss anybody, right? Like I, I'm full. And so I think for you right now where you're at, here's, I think, all details yes, not coming out. Uh, yes, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I, I actually think sometimes, and I could be wrong and people might disagree with me. But I think if you, if a person feels called toward a direction, I actually think sometimes you can only tame it for so long before it ends up wreaking havoc on you. And so I feel this is, and my stance is the same with parenting. Mm -hmm. I want my kids to know that no matter what, Mm -hmm. I'm here. I'm going to say, hey, here, here's the risk. Here, here are the consequences. Like here are the things that could happen. You need to know this. I'm here no matter what. It's up to you. You know, like you're looking at your situation and you're saying, here's the risk. I could have a broken heart. I could this. But also you're curious, right? And so if you know that the risk, the worst case scenario is a broken heart Mm -hmm. and you're still curious, you have every right, Kara. This is your life. Go pursue it because I believe that Every breakdown is such an opportunity for the most beautiful breakthrough. So even when, if and when your path leads you to heartbreak, you will have learned so much about yourself as a result of you being in there. And whatever you're inside of, whatever path you're talking about, there's obviously something beautiful and magnetic and freeing that activates you and lights you up. And I love seeing my friend activated and lit up right now i think i mean i'm going to say that there's nothing morally wrong or morally at question with what you're doing right and so i think it's important for the audience to know that that for me and you it would eat away at our soul right yeah but there's like there's this there's this thing of that our brains are like, oh my gosh, if I can't see how this would work out, that's it. I should stay away. Yeah. You know, it's control. You're trying to control the situation. Oh. 
And, and you need to also, this book talks about it too. I'm not there yet. <laughs> yeah, you're not there yet. Actually, I think I read it right before we started this. But every rela- not every relationship is meant to be your end-all be-all. And I think in the culture that we were raised in, we felt like every person we were with is meant to be our fin- our final partner. And I, I'm here to tell you it's not. <laughs> Wait, that's the sentence right there. Wow. Every relationship and every partner has the opportunity to be your one of your greatest teachers, right? Not that that person is teaching you, but that relationship has so much that it can teach you. And that I think when you when anyone can shift to that mentality, we can stop hating our exes, right? And that's probably why I don't hate any of my exes. But all of them have given me have Every single one of them has filled a part of me and taught me something about myself. My relationship with them has taught me something about me that I wouldn't otherwise know about me if I didn't have them. I wouldn't have a part of me filled, right? It's like Chris, for example, validated my hard work efforts, right? And another guy I dated I, I was enamored with this guy and he told me I was enough by way of certain things. So it's like every single relationship wired my brain or taught me something about me that I didn't previously know. So this is just a teacher and it's okay. And you're scared to get your heart broken. You know? You know what I heard? Is that they all brought an ingredient to make your full recipe. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, this recipe is about to get baked. Yes, I mean, not, yes, <laughs> not <laughs> but really, like when you said that, it's like they all brought an ingredient that you were needing. They did, and you know what's cool, Kira? Because I have my, I actually journaled all the men and what they gave me, and what was so cool is in the the journal entry, I acknowledged that when I'm ready, um, and when I'm and by ready, I am baking. My body, my soul is baking alone, right? Um, when I am ready, the next partner will be qualified in all of the ways of every man that's, they, they will, because they all had something so beautiful that is a core value of mine, right? And so, and not that the, the next man will be perfect by any means, but they will give me consistent love. Yeah. They will appreciate me, yeah. right? They will. So it's like, the, and if not, I'm whole on my own. Mm. And, and it's like, you're whole on your own because you're not hungry. Anymore. No, no. And that's such a, that's such a powerful place yep. to be. Such a powerful place to like own like, oh, I'm not hungry. Yeah. But like, I'm welcoming this in when it's time. Yeah. But and I maybe I will. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> 30 minutes up to that. Oh my goodness. Well, um, so let's, let's end with, okay, that. let's end. So why don't you drop in? Okay. And feel into what is the message that everyone, like, like, you know, you're here to share about this topic, about relationships. What's the message that comes to your heart? I mean, I hope I didn't end the last one like this. I don't remember. <laughs> Go back in your heart. <laughs> this is what it is. Stand on the ledge and speak it. 
What is it? What do they need to hear? I think everybody needs to hear what's on our necklace. And what's on our necklace is um, everything I need is within me. And I think everyone listening needs to know that everything that you need is within you. And remember, we access God with a, uh, through a relationship with ourselves, right? So yes, God is what we need as well. Um, but I do think it's really important to know that. And, and I think this is the thing, you will not know the power that you have in you to fill you and make you feel whole and complete until you do take a leap, try dating yourself. Um, and I, I want to urge people, whether you're married or you're single to take this challenge on it's seven weeks, do one date a week, um, for seven, not seven days, seven dates for seven weeks. Don't bring anybody with you. Um, this is just about you creating what an ideal date is for you. And if you're somebody who's like, well, my husband never plans good dates for me. This is actually an opportunity for you to learn what you actually like. Plan those dates. Show him in the future what it is that you actually want to do. And it's a good time for you to kind of set the tone for what you would want a future man to treat you like, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how can we expect? Yes. Here, yes. And then it will be given to you. Yep. That's exactly what it is. <sighs> Onward we go. Onward we go. Episode three down. Is it midnight yet? <laughs> oh, All right. I'm so grateful. Thank you for guiding me through that. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And thank you guys for listening and for being here. I hope, um, I hope you got something out of this. <laughs> there was a lot. Of, there was a lot. Um, I love you guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining me on Heidi's Lane as we navigate this amazing and often humbling highway of life together. As always, it's been such a joy to have you here with me. And I hope that through our conversation today, you found at least one gold nugget or one thing that resonates with you that you can use in your life to help you live a life you love. Because each day truly is a gift. I appreciate you being here. I see you, I hear you, I love you. Until next time, I am Heidi.